What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review as it helps us out quite a bit. And uh, yeah, here, I'm going to go ahead and read one review. This podcast gets me hyped for all my Mondays. Love the content on all the shows. Big shout out to BSE for getting me through my Monday college classes. Uh, that's Telesnet Dead. Um, Thanks for the comment, bro. Uh, Pure Stoke, great podcast to update yourself on the ski industry and listen to people's insight on what's going on. Great way to understand the inner workings of the outdoor industry. Um, you know, huge thanks to Mac Ago um, for leaving us a review here. I'll pull up one from the Coffee and Van Chat podcast. Um, again, also, if you haven't already, please make sure you head on over Um to to uh to our website and uh pick up some merch uh it really helps us out quite a bit and uh it is much appreciated if you haven't already and so uh yeah i listen to this podcast on the trainer and it gets me through my rainy days whole mother perspective of bike life p.s i would have an espresso with john anytime and that's really sweet oh man queer cyclist I got, I got, I got a uh, one star. Uh, check this out. It was from Queer Cyclist. Great interviewer, but some of the humans are absolutely garbage, with really offensive things to say. Host does not challenge or call out any of these sexist, transphobic, misogynistic views. Would be better if. Oh man, would be better if he used his platform to promote people who are doing good things for their communities they are a part of. Hey, just so you know, I support everybody in this sport. Um, that needs to be very clear. And so I'm sorry that I got one star and queer cyclists. Hopefully if you're still listening to this, I really appreciate that. You know, you came at it with some love, uh, great interviewer. Uh, you gave me one star, but Hey, no hate. Um, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast and thinking I'm a great interviewer. Um, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that you feel like I wasn't sticking up for, um, everyone. Um, so anyone's welcome in the sport. Um, anybody's welcome to be here. And I'm, I'm actually really glad that I was able to read that. So honestly, I didn't see that until now. I just pull up, pull up reviews as they go. So, but anyways, you all are welcome in the sport. I love you all. I appreciate you all and queer cyclists. If you're out there, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, would love a chat, um, and, 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 and love to talk and hopefully clear the air. But honestly, everybody's welcome in the sport. I don't know what episode you're necessarily referring to. Um, so I'd love to know the episode, but like, you know, this is the 130th episode at this point, And maybe that's my ignorance because if it's that bad, um, I should be able to know and should be able to figure it out. But remember guys, I'm an interviewer. Um, so I've had the likes of certain people on this podcast that, uh, get to speak their mind and I give people a platform to speak their mind and, 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 and speak what they believe in. Um, but at the same time, uh, I definitely want to make sure everybody is, is safe and comfortable in this space with coffee and van chats. So, uh, yeah, thank you again, queer cyclists for, uh, leaving that review and, and, and leaving, leaving that comment for me to see. Uh, and I'm sorry, I haven't seen it soon enough. Uh, but guys, I do read this podcast. I do read the, um, do read the, uh, the, the reviews. And so if you guys can continue to put those down below and that way I can, 
I can read them and see your feedback, even if it's one star. I have no hate for it. Um, so like I've always said, thank you so much. Um, but other than that, I'll get off my soapbox on that. That's enough of that. And uh, yeah, everybody's welcome to the support. But that kind of that kind of gets us into this next episode. I'm really excited about this episode with Pete Stetna. Um, yeah, we sit down, we talk about gravel cycling and keeping the culture alive in gravel cycling. It's a it's an interesting one. I'm I'm, I'm really I'm really interested and intrigued to see how this uh, this one goes. Um, it's a hard one, honestly. I ask a few hard questions for Pete um, because yeah, I I just needed some clarity on a few things on what his goals were in the sport of gravel and, and kind of what he was really planning on doing, um, in, in all. So anyways, we sit down, we have that, uh, we have that discussion, but, uh, yeah, enough of me chatting. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode, but first let's hear a quick message from the sponsors and guys, this is a new one this, this, this week, uh, six, eight, six, uh, technical apparel. Guys, you need a ski jacket. You need some ski pants. You need, um, you know, some gear, just some warm weather gear, uh, some pants, just some cashies. Um, don't hesitate to go check out 686. We'll put a link in the description below. They got all that cool shit. Uh, they got some snow bibs, got some ski jackets, um, all that good gear. Um, so be sure to go check that out. Um, I'm looking through it right now and it actually looks pretty sick. So uh, I'm probably going to cop myself an order here with the description below. Get some new ski socks. Could definitely use some new ski socks. I got some pretty had some pretty sick ski socks um but anyways guys yeah go check out 686 down in the link in the description below there's they got a full nasa suit that looks pretty badass it looks like a little one piece uh looks pretty sick um so yeah be sure to check them out another one for the podcast is function wear guys it's starting to get cold that's when you know the ads are getting cold um uh, but function wear makes those uh those neck gaiters for you guys to go out and train with uh covid's not the crazy thing anymore is it or is it not? Uh, but anyways, if you're still wearing masks for COVID, why not look cool in style doing it? Wear function wear. So go check out function wear. Link it down in the description below. Get yourself some cool gators and uh, yeah, just in, enjoy it and probably pair it up with 686 and be uh, fly for the mountain here coming around the corner. Does anybody know if there's snow on the mountain yet? Um, you guys probably didn't know this, but I, I am getting into skiing. Currently, I'm in Pensacola, Florida. There's no there's no snow here, but there's definitely some surfing. So I'm enjoying that while I'm out here in Pensacola. But uh, I probably don't need my function wear for Florida. But Well, actually, I probably do for, for all the COVID and stuff that goes on here down in Florida. I mean, COVID really doesn't exist in Florida. But anyways, that's enough of that. I'm not going to get into politics and all this craziness with COVID because I'll probably just get in trouble for that. So uh, anyways, enough of this enough of these ads let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode with peter stetner what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats i'm sitting here with peter stetner who is a returning guest man thanks thanks for coming back on i appreciate it i obviously didn't scare you away the first time huh yeah man i mean when did we, we chatted in like the highs know. or the lows of pandemic so lots, yeah, a lot has so. happened the world's moving again man yeah yeah the world yeah. the world's a thing again i mean they have uci gravel worlds now um <laughs> which i'm have, not at but yeah yeah and they, yeah we're, we're gonna dive into that i'm curious i, I want to hear your feedback on that and um and yeah it's just it's been it's been crazy but anyways uh you know what what have you been up to man how's your season going <laughs> like how's how's the gravel life how's the van life because you've i think when i brought you on you had just gotten the van like you yeah had, like actually that's it you had just driven it across mm -hmm. just gotten the van mm -hmm. do you like the van do you like the van life 
I, I love it, man. I'm yeah. I'm fully sold. Uh, it makes the most sense for this solo privateering, whatever you call it, gravel thing I do. Uh, yeah. you, have to, you have to go around with so much crap and and gear, and you're in these towns that a lot of them don't have a hotel and and you know housing space. So being in the van is is liberating. Um, full fully drank the Kool Aid on that one. Um, and since we talked that van I had, I mean, I loved it and it got me in the door. Um, and it was a DIY build I loved, but, uh, it was, it was up there in age and it, it yeah. had some issues. So <laughs> it was, it was a little precarious getting to some races last year, but it allowed me to do my job well enough and showcase this gravel thing that I actually landed a van sponsor. So now I'm in a fancy van, which is, uh, that's, that's, that's cool. made life a little better. <laughs> that's cool. Isn't it crazy though? Like when you get a van, you like, you get so excited and you think you know what you want. And then the moment you get it, you're like, man, if I could go back in time, I would change this. I would change that. Yep. It's like yep. van builds. You're, and I bet even <clears throat> in your fancy van, and you probably can't say this because you're sponsored by this company, but there's always just one thing. Oh, I know. I you mean, add one thing. There's just one thing. They're chill. And I've even told them, but I would change the way that like this and that are aligned and, and the layout for me. And, uh, Cause it is like when you, when you start looking at the companies that are like a modern, you know, like a, a, a it's kind of like a one size fits all type of build. Yeah. It's never going to fit everyone. And you can customize them all to a point. Um, like they helped me dial in this rad, uh, bike tray slide gear storage garage thing. But, um, you know, there's things I would change for myself and, and that's fine. But, um, it is, uh, it, it makes life living on the road a lot easier and it is it is a pretty dreamy setup so yeah and so um speaking of that and just travel and i know you're a beer guy what's what's the beer of choice right now like what is Ooh. what is what what's what, what what are you hanging on to i know if lambie's hanging around you you're just you're all over a pumpkin beer but oh, what's God. what's your beer <laughs> pumpkin and that guy uh <laughs> pumpkin head ashton um yeah 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 it's the only beer i can get him to drink and he got like a custom beer with some partnership and it's not a pumpkin it's like an ipa and he doesn't even drink ipas and so i was i was busting his balls but uh which is really I, funny because i think it's in i think it's in europe i think is that, it okay yeah i think it's me <laughs> i he can correct me if i'm wrong but i honestly because it was him and james arnold which is that guy's based right the UK, right the, guy the artist the cartoons and stuff um yeah i think i'm pretty sure it's out of the uk so he has to get it shipped to him <laughs> <laughs> i mean i saw the picture in the client glass and it looked nice and juicy and hazy and looked like you were yeah. gonna drink a loaf of bread which is what he's trying to do with all his his trainers whiff workouts anyway so yeah um. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah uh my personal right now there's this brewery out of out of uh oakland on the other side of san francisco uh called ghost town kind of like this dark like skeletal theme but uh anything they touch especially ipa focused is just like gold standard so if you're in Great. if you're in norcal look for ghost town right now uh can't go wrong with those guys sweet i'm hoping to head that way over thanksgiving so that would do it that that'll be cool. I'll check out Ghost Town. So, anyways, let's let's dive into to the season a little bit because mm. it's been a wild one, man. I mean, like yeah. ups and downs with you know there was some controversy which we won't like really really dive into um, <laughs> because that seems all settled and that's all over talked and whatever else. But Unbound, I want to go mm. to Unbound. 
Okay. Unbound was an interesting one for me this year, just watching it on the on the sidelines. What was your initial thoughts? I mean, because is that your first wet unbound? Yes, it was my first wet unbound. Yep. Because the last wet unbound was uh Yuri one, right? Wasn't that like 10 years yeah. ago or something? Yeah. Like that? Which is kind of crazy to think about. And so I honestly think the start list probably had some of the heaviest hitters to date, mm-hmm. as it always does as every year it just gets better and better and better. Yeah. So what was your initial plan going into that race? And like, how did that kind of play out for you? And you know, is there something you would change or do differently? I mean, my unbound, I would change a million things. That was a, a poor, poor showing on my part, but um, you know, I think it's the, this whole, the season as a whole is gravel has shifted and changed. And um and, you know, the controversy you allude to, and we can get into it later, is, you know, I've kind of, like, held on to what I feel I know makes it special coming from the road, right? And coming from that elite, pure performance, uh, win-at-all-cost mentality, and knowing why Gravel's exploded as being a, a greater rejection of that by the masses. And now you see it swinging back the other way and... For better or worse, sometimes both, uh, I've been defensive of that because I yeah. know that. And I've I've staked my career on understanding this, right? And and um so so that you know, if you take that as a kind of a preface of how this whole season has looked and started to evolve, um, you know, unbound is the pinnacle of that. And um gosh, you know, I just I didn't enjoy it this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to say that bluntly, it was, it felt like a world tour race, right? Which is the big show, right? And for, for performance and hype and media. And that's, that's what I do. That's what my competitors do. Like that is our biggest gravel race of the year. Um, but it just, it was, the ask was, was so much. And, you know, I have, I think a little bit of it was, personal right just like saying yes to too many media commitments in the yeah. days and weeks leading up to it but also just in in the race right it just became about about the result it just it felt like a world tour race uh it didn't feel like the the gravel racing that i've i've loved and and i still want to do well and enjoy unbound because it is the big show you know i yeah. i mean i i came in with the intent of going for the win um, and things just didn't shake out that way for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's also I, bike racing. <laughs> I got kind of a hard question for you and I hope it comes across well before we like dive into, and I think this is going to kind of sort of slide into the controversy a little bit, but more or less like mm. when we had you on the podcast last, one thing that like really interested me about you is like, when you came into the gravel scene, there was like a, there was a select few that had retired and made it very clear, Hey, I'm retired. Mm -hmm. And then you made it very clear, like, Hey, I'm retired from world tour racing, but I'm not retired from racing. Like, yes, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm training to win. Like I want to win. Yeah. And so, and I think I kind of know the answer to this, but I kind of want to put it on the podcast because I do think it comes up where it's like, well, why is he upset? about x y and z when he's trying to race his bike right like yeah it's a bike race yeah and then he you know if it doesn't go his way he's talking about how you know 
well, this wasn't done in the spirit of gravel. And so can you like kind of highlight, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's I kind do. of an, and so it's kind of, it's just, I, I want you to have an opportunity to like clearly defend yourself on that front and, yeah. and kind of put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's something I've internally battled with is, you know, I came to this realizing that these races are legitimate events in their own right. They shouldn't be quote unquote alternative. Um, and I wanted to give them my focus. Um, and I came into it with a professional attitude and it helped boost my career. And I feel responsible good and bad for almost creating a class of, of gravel pro now, right? You can get rid of the, you don't have to go to Europe on the road to make a living racing a bike, right? Like there's this other alternative now. Um, but part of me, I guess my, my angle was always like, it doesn't come at the expense of the community and having fun. Like mm. that was, that was what drew me to gravel, right? Was this, massive after party the the camaraderie in the race um and you know so i kind of i i kind of put myself there as like i'm not gonna race at the expense of only thinking about the result mm -hmm. um you know that that's kind of where i i always kind of drew my line because i live that that performance only world and um, I do, I guess, feel a little bit responsible now that maybe others have seen my success in, in having a profession here and others have gone on to do it. Um, and some are doing really, really well at it. Um, and everyone has their own angle, but, um, I, I hope it doesn't come across that I'm just bitching when I don't win. It's mm -hmm. I, I felt defensive of the way it was being raced because it started to just feel like win no matter what. You had athletes only caring about the result, just sitting in their hotel room with their Norma Tech boots instead of hanging out with the gravel masses. Right. And all this other stuff. Um, and. And, yeah, I think I might have started to come across as a grouchy old man there, and I have to I had to consciously check myself that I can't be a gatekeeper and I do feel a, I don't think gravel's ruined but I do you know I, I feel like because that's always mocked in the memes but I do feel like uh a little bit guilty that it's it's kind of gone more performance oriented than it was before I came well that's a um, that's an interest yeah like that's an interesting perspective because you know, I think I came in just to like race to race, yeah. um, mid South. And, you know, when I saw mid South and like, I think you guys had, it was that rainy year, the like oh, gosh. COVID, yep. COVID came to play. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was unheard of. Um, but that to me was the first time I witnessed gravel and I witnessed what exactly what you're explaining. But if I'm being honest, that same what was it a year later when I went to Unbound? I'm witnessing the gravel that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So when I like the 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 thing that you like, you feel like it's going towards this performance. And and honestly, it's really funny. It's like it's almost like a jack of all trades, man. Like they're mm -hmm. trying to they're trying to 
talk to influencers while the influencers are also trying to recover and like they're doing podcasts out of the back of trucks going down roads while they also need to get their openers in like i heard you know i know people yeah. are getting openers in before these right and it's it's insane and yeah. so that being said do you with lifetime and i don't and and we can kind of dive away from this depending on you know how you feel like this question might be worded but um do you feel like lifetime's ruining gravel in a way does that make sense like no twenty five thousand yeah, dollars like it it's, like it's a lot of money um it because of that it became infinitely more serious and and i'll preface this with my the folks running the lifetime show are my friends and they yeah, yeah. want to promote professional north american racing which is what i'm doing so i yeah. mean it's i i respect and like their effort um i support the series but i have also been extremely clear that that should not be the only series in town i want the attention to be to your mid-souths your steamboats your oregon trails your belgian waffle series right like and you know they've done a good job at owning the conversation and i a lot of pros have based their entire season off that and that exclusively which is something I I am not a personal fan of. I've purposely yeah. done other stuff and, and focused on other stuff as well. Um, and, you know, they've, they've brought media, international media attention to it. Mm -hmm. um, they've highlighted their races. I mean, it's by all intents and purposes for the global expansion of gravel and for their brand, they're doing great. Um, I think there were riders who weren't going to do anything with it with gravel and they're only coming because of that that indeed. series right um but i mean at the same time like gosh i i mean they're good people there i think the folks running that and and big sugar and leadville i mean we were going to do all those races anyway and they're they're good friends and i would rather them be owning the the big series than than the uci right like for sure and i <laughs> yeah and i don't i don't want to take away from lifetime because I, you know i have a lot of i just i i yeah well. i guess i wanted to be clear that i want yeah. people to still remember all the other races that are so cool and special um that's 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 a cool that's cool feedback because it's not like it's not well one you can't you can't have every race, right? Like you exactly. like lifetime can't just be like buy up every race because then it won't look good any like that won't look good either, mm -hmm. right? And so um yeah, it just yeah, it's not like when you're a crit racer, you're only doing USA crits or whatever yeah. it was at the time or you know, what have you. And so yeah, no, I was just curious like what your thoughts are on this whole lifetime GP thing because well, where you know, I'm kind of Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Where you're where you're sitting. No, at. where I'm where I'm kind of interested in where I'm sitting at. It's like I didn't apply for it or anything. Okay. And and I bet there was other people who didn't apply for it kind of for the same reason. I didn't want to apply for it. And in the off chance, like I pulled some heartstrings with the way I wrote my story of like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I used to be 300 pounds and track racer. Mm -hmm. And now I want to race gravel. And like I tried to pitch the angle of the story because that's what I did for lead boat. And that's because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm there's no way I'm gonna get into leadville because i don't even own a mountain bike and i put that mm -hmm. in my in my application right and so when i was doing that and thinking about it i was like i don't know what i'm going to be doing next year so the last thing i want to do is miss 
so many races where I'm out of the series and I take somebody's spot. And, and we've already seen that happen where people are out of contention mm-hmm. and they've dropped out of the series and kind of left some guys hanging who maybe didn't have the greatest story and didn't get selected or yeah, you know, like, and so what's your kind of thought on that? Like, do you, do you well, think? Yeah, I think you need to see it as I, I always, no one thinks it's a perfect perfect equation on year one i think you're going to see changes next year i think they're learning from benefits and mistakes right they're gonna Mm -hmm. they're gonna fix it if they go for i think they're gonna do it again from the rumors i'm hearing but um yeah you know it's it's interesting i mean you when your focus is not necessarily gravel for the masses but a series for the highest you know, the, the top tier echelon of North American racing, right? That was their goal. Yeah. Then every other sport you look at, like there is a barrier to entry, right? There's for sure. You want to go to the Tour de France, you got to get on a team. You want to race formula one, you got to like make it into a formula one team or whatever, whatever sport it is. Right. So to complain about a barrier to entry for an elite series with a massive prize purse, I don't, I mean, I think that's a very normal thing to, to be able to, to have and justify because it creates a storyline and the, those that missed out had chances all year to prove themselves because they can show up at the same races and do well and then get in next year. Right. Like, I mean, I can't tell, I mean, the amount of times I tried to get on the Tour de France squad in a 10 year world tour career. And I only made it twice. Like, I mean, yeah, Yeah. like rejection sucks, but it happens. Um, you know, is it, you know, that is kind of the special thing about gravel is it is this mass thing where you don't need a category one license. You can just show up. And if you're talented, like throw haymakers against your Keegan's and Payson's and all of a sudden you're like, damn, this guy's, you know, you can make a career that way. So it's, it is a weird, unique spot. Um, yeah. Gosh, there's there's no right answer, but I I know sure, I, I know it, I'm throwing kind of some hard questions tonight, and you're being really cool about philosophical. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and as far as the whole series, like I almost feel like it's become the mountain bike series, and Belgian Waffle Ride is the gravel series. Okay. Because I feel like a lot of like the the pure like Brennan isn't even trying for the lifetime, right? I think guys like John and and maybe even maybe even Adam, I haven't talked to him about it, Adam Robert, but like they're, yeah. you know, the, the mountain bike, super climby stuff isn't quite going their way. And it's like these gravel races. I feel like the Belgian waffle rides are gravel races and, and the, the way the lifetimes are, even though there's, they're my, they're light on the technical side of mountain biking, the way that they're all kind of falling together seems like a more of a mountain bike thing. So I'm almost viewing them as different <laughs> at hey, this point. Pause one second. I have a roommate who's locked down. So I'm going to go let him in. Give me one second. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you were saying you were saying that you feel like you feel like it's more of a mountain bike race. But it's in. But what's interesting, though, is that some people actually think BWR is actually like an over glorified road race. Like it's just with, <laughs> in some sections. <laughs> some of them. California is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. and then that, so, and I'm saying this aloud, and and you know we've mm-hmm. had we've had the race promoter um, on here before, and 
and this was before this is when he released the triple crown or whatever and so right. i haven't seen i think i've seen a little bit of the Asheville one but mm -hmm. i haven't seen the like kansas or anything else and so utah's uh, rugged utah's close to yeah. a mountain bike race um okay. so they're they're everything and everywhere and yeah yeah um okay well i guess i guess that being said like kind of segueing out of the series and you know we got your thoughts which again thanks for answering those because it's like well i guess I'm, i'd like to just leave it at this is like you know it has been a weird year and mm -hmm. you know last year was very good to me everything just clicked and this year a lot of life hiccups happened and it's been a trying year and and with the and and part of that is attributed to the changing tide of gravel and i personally again had to get introspective and realize that i can't be a gatekeeper but i still need to for my personal health i need to find and remember what's fun and what drew me to gravel because if i just wanted to solely chase results and series points even though i am doing a few of these series then i should have stayed on the road so you know, I've had to step back and realize and find my way and follow my heart, which I know sounds kind of corny, but that's what brought me to this in the first place. And so that's why going forward next year, yeah, like I will still race your big unbounds and stuff. And, you know, I'll probably still do this series, but it's not going to be all these quote unquote A-list races like, you know, the, the heart of gravel is in those grassroots events, those really fun, unique one-offs. So, you know, I really think it's going to be more of a, a 50, 50 split in, you know, your big ones and your unbounds and you're going to show up and you're like, all right, it's business time. Like this is a bike race, but then the other half of my schedule is going to be, I want to find those cool one-offs in <laughs> West Virginia and Tennessee and wherever that have not been on, that aren't getting all the media because those are the really fun ones, I think. Yeah. And, and, well, well, it's cool that you say these kinds of things because, you know, now, you know, now that like we're coming off of that, like what I just thought about was like, it's, it, you're, it's like you were a generation of gravel. Yeah. And now there's this new generation of gravel. Yep. And, and we just talked about Yuri. That was a generation of gravel. And so like, yeah. What's funny is like when you guys were coming in, those guys actually weren't like getting, well, some probably were, and they probably didn't have a big enough platform to voice frustration. Yeah. But like, it would yeah. be really interesting to hear like a Dan Hughes, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, like the, some of those guys who, 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 who won, um, yeah, unbound back in the day when unbound was unbound and it was almost like, totally, you know going for the fences you know and there was no video cameras and live stream and frankie and trey you on stage right. you know it's like it's insane man or dutch people flying in and just you know beach world champion i don't know like it's yeah. just crazy yeah yeah it's always going to be changing and you know yeah like yuri hoswald's a very close friend we talk regularly um yeah and yeah it's it's i don't think for those guys and and even for myself like it's not about someone doing it faster like it's not about winning the race but it was a little bit about you know protecting what i believe makes it special but yeah i think you can just act in and find your way within it still because 
know, really it is just that very front pack where this is happening. And so all these controversies that social media blows out of proportion really are just this tiny sliver and most people don't give a damn about it. So, yeah. you know, and, and social media is probably the biggest part to blame is that, you know, it's, it's hip to be offended and it's hip to start controversy because it gets more attention these days. And I think that's, you know, that's politics, right? That's, that's current events. That's, that's not cycling. That's, uh, that's the world we live in right now. Well, and I even have to catch myself on it, right? Like I'm in media. So it's right. like, you know, when, when I see you post a status, I'm just like, yo, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> and yeah. you're like, bro, I don't want to talk about this right now. No, no, yeah. no, no, let's do a podcast. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's very, it's for clicks and then they're fucking writing articles about it and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it is, it is, it is pretty toxic, but, uh, unfortunately it is part of the game and it uh, is <laughs> and it blows things out of proportion too and so That's then you the have thing. yeah well like you have the meme pages create things oh the they, gravel memes they, they are they, everywhere. They, they are strong right <laughs> yeah yeah and so they they create things and they change things but uh but anyway so that all being said now that we've had that conversation of just series and it's it's really cool to hear um your support on on some of the smaller local ones and and you know mm everybody wants to be the next unbound and everybody wants to have that next and everybody wants to be the next Pete Stetna, you know, it's like oh, with, with media, you know what I mean though? Like even, yeah. even or an Alice and Tetrick and you can go down the list, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ted Kings. And so they, they want to do these things and it's, it's, it's hard, man. And so like, you know, once you get your foot in the door, like having a Pete Stetna show up to a race, even gravel locos, I mean, there's this, I mean, I don't, I saw this past weekend in Colorado. Yeah. It's like, it's, it looked pretty deep. Um, and I know the so first one I wanted to be there, man. That looks so <laughs> yeah. fun. So, and so yeah. it, that looked like a cool race. Um, but UCI worlds. And so this somehow mm. got shuffled under speaking of media, it got shuffled under the woods, I guess, just because Keegan was going to road worlds and that was a better headline. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I looked at the fucking roster and I've never even heard of some of these people. Mm. And so like, did, was there a, and you, cause you would probably know more than me and we've done, I've done selection podcasts where we've talked to with USA cycling and, you know, we've had athletes on who've had selection issues and, you know, we've had, we've mm -hmm. talked about selection, selection, selection. Uh, I've been through the selection process. I'm assuming you have just oh, being yeah. a professional road cyclist. So, yep. you know, you've, you've been there, done that. Um, was there a, a, like a discretionary petition? Was there selection criteria? Was there like, or was were people just getting phone calls and were like, hey, we're going to put a team together. You can pay your way and make it happen. Gosh, I don't know. And that's the problem is it was so last minute that, I, I mean, yeah, I think you still had to apply unless you went to an actual gravel world qualifier, which of which there was like, two or three in the u.s and then there's like some in like the philippines and australia <laughs> uh, what were you know? they were they I like, don't know. Actual... like there was there was a villa news story and one of them had like you know like 50 people sign up or something like huh. i don't like 50 total like the total race was 50 people in all categories so like basically if you did the race you qualified for gravel worlds um wow yeah you know and and it was initially i heard it was supposed to actually be in the us which is something i fully agreed on regardless of my support of the uci having a gravel world it's like 
this is where gravel's happening right now. It's the U.S. Like, this is kind of our thing. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be in the U.S. And then all of a sudden, everything went quiet. And then they're like, oh, yeah, Italy. And, uh... and you know, it's just, it's it's about a general respect, I think. Like, all these other events, they're opening their registrations over the winter. They're hyping it. They're announcing it. And a lot of us who make a living by doing this, like, we, I have a stacked calendar. I am busy. I am budgeted out. I'm booked up. And all of a sudden in the late spring or midsummer, I think it was even after Unbound, they finally like announced something in a different part of the world. And they're like, yeah, this is a big deal. Like, uh-uh, uh, you know? And then you read about it and it is categories. The men race a different distance than, sorry, the women wait race a shorter distance than the men, which... That's like a big no-no in gravel. And again, I guess I sound gatekeeper-y, right? Because who am I to make the rules, no, right? Yeah, no, like, sure. it, you know, but it's like, it doesn't look anything like, I think if the UCI wanted to like do a gravel worlds thing, right? Just put on a badass race, a really fun one, and just give a rainbow jersey to the first men and women across the line and don't do anything else different. But now there's all yeah. these the categories and the qualifiers and this template and it's I just I don't know of anyone who cares and and it's a flat race in in Italy on that doesn't even like it sounds like you could almost ride a road bike on it like wow um it's yeah it's it's interesting because it's like it's almost like culture I think is what you're trying to protect and what I yes and and what I've come to deduce after talking with colleagues in Europe and in the U.S. and I mean, I think it's pretty obvious when you see a lot of us who make a living doing gravel not being there. But yeah. um, I think what's happening is you have gravel as we generally know it in the U.S. And then I think the UCI is just they're going to own gravel in Europe, right? In the in in Europe, your racing license isn't questioned. There's not this massive distrust of the governing body like there is here in the U.S. So. I think it's going to look totally different. It's and it's even like mountain bike back in the day. You know, you had your old school Norba series that were these big mountain circuits and more endurance event. And then, you know, now it's kind of like this glorified short track, like spicy, quick laps and all that. Um, I think the UCI, like, you're not. If you want to go race a bike in Belgium, you take out a license. Like that's just what you do, and it's it's unquestioned. And so they're going to create gravel that fits their clientele and their template and, and makes sense and that people can understand and it's going to feel and look totally different um, than here. And I, I mean, like all I'm going to do is, is vote with my registration, you know, like if I, I'm not going to put a hard, no, I'm never going to do the gravel world championships, which initially I had that attitude. But you know what? Like if they put together something that looks badass and rad and a fun day on the bike. Yeah, I'll go. I'll try to, you know, petition USA Cycling or qualify or if it if it looks like a good time. But if it looks like it does now, like that same weekend, I'm going to do a local race here in NorCal in Nevada City next to a Radcraft brewery and yeah. some close friends, you know, so it's just vote with your registration, man. Well, so, and and this like kind of goes back to kind of what we chatted about. It's just like, you know, when I, I'm not going to lie, like when we first met, like I was kind of like, man, he is going to, 
destroy gravel culture with the attitude of how much he wants to win and uh, in reality it's like actually he's he's like he's trying to go hey no 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 i'm not i'm not the culture i will stop for the chase i will take my yeah. photo at the chase with the lead yeah. group but i'm gonna get back on my bike and i'm gonna ride 30 miles an hour in a straight line with the boys like that's yeah. i'm gonna you know i'm gonna stop and i'm gonna get a popsicle at the feed zone yeah. and thank, thank the, thank the crew for being there. And then I'm going to yeah. go back. Out. And, and so it's interesting hearing you say all this too, because it's like, it's almost like you still want to race to win, but you don't want to have that at the expense of the culture that you yes. came in because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are you kind of doing that? Because you remember when all you guys came in, everybody was mm -hmm. saying, Oh, the retired guys are here to ruin gravel. Yeah. Are you trying to make sure that you don't become a part of that mold? Sorry, of which mold? Of the retired guy that ruined gravel? Yeah, yeah. Is that <laughs> is that like why you're so so focused on it? I mean, I don't know. The whole like Pete ruined gravel thing was always a tongue in cheek joke that some took seriously and most realized it was a joke. Um mm -hmm. and it's I don't know. I mean, I just I just I, I realized these races are enormous athletic feats. And when we came to Unbound in 2019, like, yeah, we were out for like what we thought was a group ride and you race at the end. And like it was everyone else throwing throwing it to us. And we're like, OK, like this is a bike race, like gloves come off now, you know, like yeah, and. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. Like when you put a number on and you call it a race, like people want to try their hardest, you know, that's, mm -hmm. and that's the point of doing these things. Like there's no reason to pay all this money and all this time training to not give it your best. But I, my reason to coming for gravel was a rejection of the, win at all costs monastic lifestyle that was road that was unfulfilling right like it was about i get you. doing this this shared experience and so yeah like i want to have i want to ride hard i'm competitive like but i want to have a good time doing it you know and, and kind of party along the way um and that's just that's just my way of doing it i guess um so yeah like the whole like winning all the gravel that was that was always a joke and you know if but <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 i, I like but, but it's i also kinda... like doing it i'm competitive you know and we're yeah, racing yeah. bikes you know yeah, yeah. no i think well th well that's kind of why i wanted to clear it clear it up like i think mm. i think i think it is kind of cool to put it out there and be like yeah I, like i'm gonna go to the race to race like i'm gonna go race my bike but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it at the expense of of uh of ruining culture that was set before we got here. It's right. like, you know, and, and because it's interesting to kind of see some of the chase photo stuff go away. Like that yeah. was actually a very, that was a very interesting thing to me. And I don't know how you felt about it, but like, I, I honestly felt like I was missing out when I would so see when the they, photos on Instagram and stuff, you know, yeah. you know, when they, and, when they announced the gravel hall of fame, I nominated the chase lounge. Wow. Like, Cause that should be in the freaking hall. That's they should actually kind of... find that lounge and they should put it 
in the building where the Hall of Fame is. Like retire like, it? Yeah, they retired <laughs> yeah. it. I think it was Salsa that sponsored it, right? They retired the Chase Lounge, but that was such a early part of this this whole gravel thing. Um, it was like some of the first things that we saw as athletes that weren't involved in this culture that I, at least for me, like that's what drew me to that culture. It was like yeah. you would see these fast guys and like you would hear about this guy winning and then you would see a photo of him stopped in the middle of the race on a couch and you're just i still like, remember that photo of like jeff kabush like all his mountain biker stuff and uh matt stevens with his like skin suit and tri bars right and they were yeah like on the chase lounge together just looking at each other like you know f you bro but it was like yeah. they did that in the race because they were next to each other at that moment that was that's pretty badass man that's an image that still sticks in my mind that's cool no so. i and I, I think that's cool but Anyways, like I said, I didn't want to keep you all night and, and I got one more question for you. So if you could have, and I'm kind of interested to hear it, man, if you could have a cup of coffee or a beer with mm-hmm. one individual, you know, what beer, what coffee would you take and, and who would that individual be dead or alive, man? And why? Oh gosh, that's like, that can go so far in so many ways. Yeah, man. Uh, there's no other requirements you don't give me a prep. Like you couldn't have sent this to me in the email. Like think about this final question. <laughs> nah, dude, you've been on the, you've been on the podcast before and we asked it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I think, and here's what I tell, here's what I tell people too. I mm. think if you ever get that opportunity, it's going to be on the fly, bro. You, there's no way, whatever higher power or whatever you believe in or whoever gives you that opportunity, is going to be like, okay, take your time, Pete. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to come up quick, bro. Yeah, man. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I'll. This will sound sappy, but it came in my mind. Um, That's OK. I would have. I would have a beer, a light beer, because he wouldn't drink the, the IPA stuff that I enjoy these days. Uh, with my dad before his brain injury. Wow. And catch up with him like on on that level, because that was one accident where light switch flipped and he is totally different now and very, very disabled. And there is not a father son relationship. It's a caretaker relationship. Mm -hmm. So um, to go back to to my dad, you know, that would be yeah, and fill him in on on life now, right? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. So, no, I think that's fucking sick, dude. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So, well, anyways, Pete, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, hopefully, my questions weren't annoying and too <laughs> philosophical, and hopefully, everybody can get stoked on it and know that Pete's not out there ruining gravel. I promise he's not. He's a good <laughs> dude, guys. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, it's but just. It, Sorry, keep talking. No, you good. You good. No, I just yeah, that, that was you hit me with the hard questions this time, man. But that's <laughs> that's kind of been this season, as I think everyone has noticed and felt a significant significant shift in what gravel looks and feels like. Um, and and I've had to do some soul searching, but at the end of the day, it's just it's kind of that that original rule of gravel is like you do you, I'm gonna do me, and like. We're just going to do that thing on our own way together, I guess. 
Um, you know what? I actually do have one more question now, and it brought okay. it up in that. You know how we talked about, oh, yeah, you know, win-win culture, good. Is there going to ever be a point where it's just like Pete's just Pete's just lining up like because he loves it that much? Pete's just you know what I mean? Or is it is it going to be hang the bike? Because I kind of felt like I kind of and I don't know, hopefully he doesn't get mad about this, but I kind of think like Ted King's kind of doing it like he just loves it, man. Mm-hmm. If he can make it happen that weekend, mm-hmm. he's going to go out and he's going to race and he's going to yeah. do the best that he can. But in reality, he's he's just towing the line to tow the line at this point. And, and he still pulls out crazy results and still can do crazy right. things. But is there ever going to be a Pete like that, you think? Yeah, you know, I think I love this space now more than I ever did in cycling uh, with anything else. And, you know, when I left the World Tour, I was like, gosh, I have like one more two-year cycle in me, like one more contract cycle, and I'm, I'm done. Um, but this thing is so goddamn fun all the time like i i could keep doing this till i'm 40 or 45 but just just keep reinventing myself in the way that i find pleasure in the bike because yeah right now i'm mid 30s i'm competitive and and i like going fast but that's the young kids are only getting faster man i feel it all the time and i I've still had a decent little season here, but uh, I know that doesn't last forever, but there's so many other things. There's so many other races to explore, regions to change, gravels going more global, uh, cool content projects or whatever, because I do love bikes and and my dream is it just like you, right? Like you've got this media publication, you're prepping for some crazy adventures of yourself. And it's like, I just want to get paid to do bikes. Like I want my career to be bikes, whatever that means right now. That means racing. It means promoting this alternative path. But like, as long as I can keep doing that, man, and make my living, like, I don't, I'm not going to go do something else. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to see me around these gravel races for better or worse for a while. Maybe not always at the pointy end, but <laughs> no, that's cool, man. And that, that's a, that's a great way to end the podcast. Well, Pete, thank you so much. And guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Pete's social media down in the description below. We'll also put some of his sponsors down in the description below Canyon. We'll put big tall Wayne down there. You can go bug that guy. You've probably already met him. The too, folk hero. You got You got to yeah, get yeah. him on a podcast. I do. I do. I do. Speaking, but you got to talk to him. That guy has some stories. So. Well, yeah. Convince him to talk to me. But mm-hmm. other than that, guys, We'll see you next time. Cheers.